2: Welcome back one and all. This is The Damage Report. I'm John Adler and I'm very lucky to uh, be welcoming back to the show after too long, host, producer, Realtor, Viviana Vigil. Welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> I like that you throw my Realtor in there. I got to hustle out here in LA, right? Thanks, I mean, John. Worked, it's so good to see you. I You do, work to I get do. that.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> you deserve it.
0: It's not bad. Um,
2: <laughs> it's great to have you here. It's been a little bit. Yeah.
0: How, How are things so going? So good. Everything's really great. We're in the middle of construction at the house. We're just finishing. The inspector came today and like signed us off. FYI, Same. Long Beach, Same. California permitting is very easy. Compared oh, really? to okay. now, yeah.
2: Um, I haven't anyway. gone through that really yet, but I do watch a lot of like Renault shows, and that's always the most tense scene where the inspector is like, Is uh, they gonna do it? Are they gonna yeah. I swear
0: the inspectors show up like this, like okay, get here. They don't care, but it is very <laughs> stressful because it's a lot of money. It's a lot, you know. And if you're like a detail-oriented weirdo like me, then yeah, stressful. I lost sleep. I got a few gray hairs. Well,
2: I'm glad that that is now passed. And um, <laughs> since I know that you like details and that's your orientation, yeah. we've got a lot of fun policy details for you. As we're going to jump across a lot of different topics through this first hour, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with Lauren Boebert, but it involves the Inflation Reduction Act. It also involves her reelection bid, which is looking like it's gonna be a little tough. Um, We have been very concerned here at the damage report about deep fakes um, showing up in political advertisements. Well, Donald Trump says that he's been the target of deep fakes. We're gonna evaluate whether we think that that whether that's true or not. And a whole lot more besides will Liz Cheney be running for president? Um, We're gonna be talking about uh, Ben Shapiro admitting that their anti trans panic is based on effectively (laughs) nothing whatsoever. And um, John Fetterman is gonna have a little bit of fun with George Santos in the aftermath. So everyone should definitely stick around for that. But before that, send us your comments, your tweets, your super chats. And we've been giving out uh, Blue Apron gift cards for $100 uh, for mm-hmm. people who send in uh, interesting or funny or you know uh, illuminating comments. Well, I want you to keep doing that, but I'm gonna give you a theme. So I'm going to be taking part in this year's TYT Turks and Jerks special, the Turk and Jerk of the year. Basically like the best person, the worst person, we put a spotlight on what happens the year. And um, I know what my who my jerk is going to be. I had a lot of trouble coming up with Turks. And so I want to make sure that I haven't missed anything. Anybody who deserves recognition for being truly awesome or truly awful. So send in comments in those areas and you might get yourself a Blue Apron gift card. Okay, and uh, with all that said, Viviana, you ready to do
0: this thing? Yeah, I love Blue Apron.
3: (laughs) Okay, let's do it, John. It's fun,
2: I I had it last night, actually. Let's get cooking. Um, (laughs) By the way, they they don't give me Blue Apron. It's my own separate membership, but I do enjoy it. They don't sponsor me personally, Um, but feel free, Blue Apron. Anyway, with that said, let's (laughs) jump into it.
0: And it does the exact opposite of what Americans need right now. This is just another con game by the Democrats calling something one thing General and saying time another. Has
4: expired. This is making the IRS which is the Pentagon. The State the Department woman is no now. longer recognized. The gentleman from Missouri reserves the belt. Mr. Speaker. On How much time do you need? The gentlewoman is no longer recognized. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. If it weren't so important to be humorous, unless you call a massive failure, the only massive failure occurs in their thinking.
2: Boom, Doug Brandon hits <laughs> Lauren Boebert right there uh, to the best of his abilities. Um, but anyway, with what he's got left, he's hitting her, both guns blazing a little bit. Um, but there's Biden is being shown, uh, as he's, by the way, touring Lauren Boebert's district, talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. He's shown this video of her absolutely losing her mind over it. And uh, never has the term gentle lady. There's been as much of a gap with the behavior. And it's hard She's dragged away from the pulpit. Look, If you want to point out armed robbery by the government on its citizens, you can come up with examples of that. I mean, the massive wealth transfer of those PPP loans to people like her and her colleagues that they didn't actually need. That's a massive armed robbery against the American people, I guess not armed, although they do have military. But what she's talking about there is the IRS is getting guns. They're gonna be coming to your house. You should not be okay the IRS being funded because they're going to come to your house, they're going to rob you. And she's being honest there. That's why she's against the funding for the IRS, not because she doesn't want the IRS to have the funding to go after the rich and actually conduct audits. Um, by the way, it's been like two years now, has the IRS gone to anyone's house with guns and robbed anyone? Because we were told that that was going to happen. Has that actually happened? It seems like it hasn't happened. But anyway, she unnecessarily opens herself up to a lot of mockery there. Uh, that said, I wanna give Biden a little bit more of a chance to uh, really like dig the needle in on what she actually believes about the IRA, because there's a little bit of hypocrisy there.
4: The idea that in our own district, we've created so many new good paying jobs. And by the way, it's generating economic growth across the board, across the board. And when people get a good job, what they do is they have an opportunity to Spend on things that their basic needs for themselves. And by the way, we cut the deficit by $7 billion in that first year. Okay. The idea that she's talking about this being a massive failure. I don't get it. I, I, I don't know whether they just don't understand anything or whether or not they, in fact, uh uh, I hope she comes back here and tells the people in this factory, the largest wind turbine factory in the world, that this is a massive failure. So, District, invite her to come back. Come back and tell the folks back home this is a massive failure. Tell the folks back home that all that we've done to generate economic growth is not worth it. And I'd like to ask her to explain how she supports not taxing billionaires more than 8%. I have trouble explaining it. But then again, I probably shouldn't waste my time trying to.
2: Well, if the goal is to explain it to her, then no, he should not waste his time. He does also have trouble explaining basically everything because he's just not, it's not there anymore. He doesn't have that juice. He's, he's pointing out good facts there. It's just that he's not the person who should be really selling this thing. Uh, there are apparently in one wind turbine facility in her district, uh, 850. New jobs. It it is benefiting many Republican districts all over the country. That's the way it was set up to try to get them to support it in a futile uh, effort because you know they 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 can't do that federally. But that doesn't mean that they don't support it in some way. So I want to give you just one more clip. This is Pete Buttigieg pointing out a little bit more hypocrisy.
4: Representative Bobert has written letters of support for projects in her district to be funded with President Biden's infrastructure package that she didn't just vote no on but referred to as garbage. That didn't stop her from saying that that garbage, I guess, as she had called it was gonna be good for her district.
2: And if you are like a Republican or a conservative watching this, I, I just I want you to really think about this and what it means. How often we see this play out where Republicans will try to block funding from going to the country. But the second it passes, instantly they're asking for it and then they're bragging about it. They'll be tweeting about, oh, this project I got for my district that I tried my damnedest to stop from happening. Those jobs, 850 jobs, she tried to stop them. From uh, from being set up, but now that they're there, she does want some cred for it. And and look, they're going to be hypocritical. It's on us to make sure that people understand that that's what they're doing. Viviana, I want to go to you. What do you think about uh, Lauren Boebert in this issue?
0: Well, first of all, I want to apologize for that disruption. Lauren came over to borrow a cup of sugar, so it was a little bit of a ruckus. If you heard that, uh, no, just I it was did my not. dog barking. <laughs> no worries. It's a dog barking. Anyway, uh, she is unhinged. She is scary. And, you know, we're in the middle of this thing right now where we're like, Biden is holding on to the old style of government where you're just trying to be <laughs> evil There, There's no one again. Sorry.
2: Congresswoman, go do your job.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave I her alone. John, you might have to. Let me go grab him.
2: Okay. Okay. You grab him. Okay. So, yeah, look, look, she is. Unhinged. And I think a little bit of it, if it is true to her. A little bit of it is performative. She's supposed to have that sort of meltdown. So many of them did lying about the IRS component of it, lying about the effect of the climate funding and all that. Oh, We've got an appearance by the way by a dog. Who is this dog Viviana?
0: This is my new dog, John. I found him in the street. This is Cosmo, Oh Cosmo. in Long Beach. They just gave me, so sorry about the disruption. Very he cute. No is worries. now getting very comfortable and likes to bark at every dog walking by. But he's no worries. a very good boy.
2: Well, well, I'm look, I'm excited to have Cosmo here because Cosmo now has an opportunity to learn a little bit about the <laughs> IRA, which apparently a lot of dogs and humans don't know much about. And that's, that's really why I want to talk about this because there's polling showing that about three quarters, 71% of Americans said they've heard little or nothing about the IRA since it passed. And 57% say that they disprove of Joe Biden's handling of climate policy, which I think those are related but not necessarily the same thing there. Yes, he did pass the IRA. The IRA does do some things that would be good for the climate. You can acknowledge that and still be frustrated with some of the other things that he has had to say and do both domestically and internationally when it comes to climate policy, drilling, those sorts of things. Um, But it is a problem that his signature legislative achievement, you know now quite a bit of time has passed. And most people haven't heard much about what it's done. And that doesn't mean that nothing has been done. There are plants that have been set up. There has been tens of billions of dollars of funding in in a lot of this stuff, Um, but people aren't hearing about it. And that's why he's out on tours like he's doing in Colorado right now. And obviously Colorado is an important swing state. But again, if he's the person that's delivering that message, is that really going to be an effective way? Like We're covering it, but it's not like he's going to go viral off- You you hit the nail on the head John.
3: You hit the nail on
0: the head. He's the wrong person to deliver the message. And it's this is the problem with the DNC is they keep wanting to push this. And they have good programs and they have good information and they want to share it. But then they have this guy who is just not a good figurehead to deliver the information. So it's just passing over everybody's head. And it's hard to want to get behind him because he doesn't seem like he's even convinced that it's working, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do like, this has probably been the best we've seen Joe Biden kind of respond to somebody like Lauren Boebert recently. Because I like that he responded in an even keeled with kind of a chuckle because it's so ridiculous, her behavior. And we do need to get back to that. We we need to acknowledge that some of this behavior on the right is so extreme and ridiculous that we kind of have to see it as what it is like childish tantrums. And you know, unfortunately, we do need to put more attention into the Inflation Reduction Act, because it's a big thing and it affects a lot of people in this country. And these programs are gonna help us. Why, like you said, are Republicans so against programs like this? And then they run to be front of the line, to take the credit, to to take the money. And then they go and and claim to their constituents that they've been fighting for them the whole time. And in fact, we just see what her fighting is. Fighting to stop it is what they've actually been doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, individually and, and as a party, that's what they're doing. And and there's one there's one other point I want to point out about this is that you have sort of like the the the, the true substantive on the ground effect of these policies, the jobs that they create, the money that's invested, and in all that. And then you have the political implications of the programs or of people's perception of the programs. So a lot of people haven't heard about. You know, what has come of this bill. And then you, you like, I want to give people sort of a case study of this. So I was just reading an article about how, uh, like, $2 billion is allocated for funding electric vehicle chargers. And uh, because of a whole bunch of bureaucracy and requirements of paperwork, and blah, 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 apparently, while the money has been allocated in many cases to a number of different states, none of that direct money has resulted yet in an actual charger being built. And the thing is, Republicans are trying to stop that from actually happening. They're trying to delay, delay, delay until Donald Trump can become president again. And then they can kill the program so that those chargers never get set up. Now, are they doing that because they don't want people to see the effect of the programs? They don't want to have their ability to drive around a road trip or whatever with an EV become easier. Or is it just they think that ideologically they have to be against EVs, even though they worship Elon Musk at almost the same tier as Donald Trump? I don't know. But but in either case, again, they want the money. But then they're trying to stop people from actually benefiting from it. And so there's sort of performative hypocrisy. But then there's also this really, I would say subversive approach to infrastructure where they wasted their opportunity under Donald Trump to actually pass anything. And now that the Democrats are in, they're trying to stop it from actually helping people. And so both sides that are incredibly frustrating.
0: Which is so weird because on the right they're so like pro-American, pro-business, pro—and I mean, we have an infrastructure that is crumbling in this country. We need to get together. We need to find some common ground. And I know, you know, later on in in the show, you're going to talk about somebody who might be running for president, who might be that common ground. You know, for the right, there's a lot of people that don't like mm-hmm. this extremism, like Lauren Bovard and the Marjorie Taylor Greens. They want someone who's more even keeled and not going to be flying off the handle just for show. I mean, we know she likes to put a good show up. You know what she mm-hmm. did when she went and saw Beetlejuice? She said Beetlejuice too many times, and now her head's spinning.
2: <laughs> Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm going to use this as part of this transition of the next section of what we're talking about. Lauren Boebert has not been generating a lot of great headlines for herself over the past few months. You know, Beetlejuice, Google it. Um, but also now, even Joe Biden mocking her in public for her ridiculous statements. Well, this is important, not just for the perception of Lauren Boebert, but for her future. Because I want to remind you, her last ele- her first re-election bid in Congress, almost could not have been closer. This was the result against Adam Frisch. She won by like five hundred votes super narrow margin in a race where the national democratic infrastructure did not really support Adam Frisch all that much. Well, he is running again. He's not the only one, but he's running again and she's facing Republican challengers because it's it feels, I think, on both sides as if there's blood in the water. And um, people are now jumping in to try to make sure that next time she's not able to squeak by. Uh, Newsweek analyzed a bunch of FEC data and they found that a bunch of um, like outside of the state, Wealthy, famous individuals are getting involved in this race. So, uh, donations to uh, Adam Frisch have come from Ryan Reynolds, Barbara Streisand, uh, Rob Reiner, uh, founding member of the Eagles, Don Henley, in case Bart's listening, uh, the singer and daughter of Johnny Cash, Roseanne Cash, Tony Shaloub, film critics, voice actors, comedians. And so that, look, that is, I think, the obvious consequence of her wanting to be this figurehead for fighting these culture wars and demonizing anyone who's not hard right. Like, yeah, you're gonna draw attention to yourself and not all of it is gonna be positive for you. And you see now so many people around the country desperately want her off the political stage. And and we'll see, again, it was very close last time. She doesn't have much room to really lose support.
0: Yeah, it's embarrassing. If Tony Shaloub Monk is trying to get you not reelected. You're doing something wrong. And I, I really truly believe that most people are level headed and reasonable. And so when they see this ridiculous behavior and immature behavior, they don't want any part of it.
2: Yeah, well, I hope so. So that that's on the Democratic side. But again, she has to actually make it through a primary, which I, my guess would be that she is going to, but she is facing challengers. And one, Jeff Heard told Newsweek that Uh, she just by her very presence is endangering this seat, which seems true because of her theatrics. You would not have Ryan Reynolds getting involved if it wasn't (laughs) Lauren Boebert, if it was and Jeff Hurd will tell you this. If it was Jeff Hurd, Ryan Reynolds would be paying attention to you know, Deadpool or something. So he says, every Republican should be disappointed and worried with all the out of state liberal money flooding into the district. Unfortunately, our current representative is directly responsible for the liberals of California, and New York to come in and buy the Colorado third. It is because of a divisive rhetoric, distracting public antics and lack of attention to the district. We were even in this position, which might well be true. Um, and yes, I, I would be frustrated too if I saw this Hollywood money coming in. Uh,
0: I, I, I think it like has a lot.
2: Nor her will care about right wing money from outside of the state coming in. But I'd be fine with both of them being banned.
0: But well, anyway. It has, it, I it, has a, it has a lot to do more with the people of Colorado caring a lot more about their state more than just guns. That's all that seems to be the only platform she has just the guns, guns, guns. And Colorado cares a lot about its people and its land and you know hopefully they get some new representation
2: yeah well they certainly deserve someone better than that um and and i and i have to wonder too like we've got this na- narrow number of swing states and assuming that if joe biden is the nominee again like he's <laughs> going to need to win a lot of these swing states and like colorado is not one of those that he won by the narrowest margin there were others like georgia that that were closer but but we don't know how some of these are going to go and you have to wonder in all these cases Would having someone like Lauren Boebert serving, then the Democrats can draw a lot more attention to the state. They can raise more money, they can run ads against her. I wonder, could that potentially matter not just for her future, but for the future of the presidential race? So tune in to find out. Um, With that said, I think that we should take our first break because we have a lot more to talk about, including AI advertisements, allegedly. And uh, will we have another third party candidate running for president? We'll break that down after this. I'm surprised that SNL has not done Real Housewives of Congress. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, with that said, I want to mix it up. I want to have a little bit of fun. If you're just joining us now and you're on a platform where this makes sense, please hit the like button and let's jump into this. <laughs> I'll be back. La vista. I'm sorry, John. I'm afraid I can't do that. Look, we're worried here at the damage report about AI starting to infest politics. Fake ads, fake hit pieces, video and audio and all that. Uh, that said, not every claim of a deep fake is true. So we need to evaluate with a critical eye and Donald Trump is making big claims that the Lincoln project is targeting him with an AI ad. Let's take a look.
1: Hey Donald, we noticed something more and more people are saying it. You're weak, you seem unsteady, you need help getting around and wow.
4: An enormous, really an enormous
1: country and you deserve. Are you sure you don't have dementia? It runs in the
0: face family.
1: Have you had a real doctor check you out? You keep confusing things. And we did
4: with Obama. We won an election.
1: Getting the facts wrong.
4: We just left pleasure. Parallel. 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 Parallel.
1: People laugh about it, about you. Ba-bing-bing. Even your own people behind your back. You're winning the primary, but losing your power, your strength, your manhood. Uh. Face it, Donald, you're just projecting when you call Joe Biden old. He's stronger than you, fitter than you, smarter than you, a better man and a better president. Anyone can see it. And when you lay there at night alone, you know we're right. You're falling apart, Donald, breaking down right in front of our eyes.
4: God bless the United States.
2: <laughs> I know that I have Trump derangement syndrome. And look, admittedly, I have been known to, on the margins, mock Donald Trump a little bit. But that almost made me feel bad. Donald Trump, like that, almost like God. Guys, <laughs> calm down a little bit. It was so condescending, so insulting. I actually felt a little bit of empathy for Donald Trump. <laughs> so great work, Lincoln Project. But the the issue that Donald Trump had with that ad is not that it's insulting or condescending. He says it's AI. And he said it on Truth Social saying, the perverts and losers at the failed and once disbanded Lincoln Project and others are using AI, artificial intelligence, Thank you for defining that Donald Trump. I don't think anyone would have known what you're talking about in their fake television commercials in order to make me look as bad and pathetic as crooked Joe Biden, not an easy thing to do. Fox News shouldn't run these ads just as low ratings CNN and MSNDNC will not under any circumstances run negative ads on Biden or the Democrats. They are after all in kind campaign contributors to the Dems. So first of all I am a little bit confused because he's saying that that stuff is AI to make him look bad. But wait, I thought you were being sarcastic when you were mixing things up. That was the explanation last week. So a little bit confused about what's going on. But now he's saying that it's AI. Uh we're going to play some of the raw footage of Viviana, but um but what do you make of this claim that that they're being unfair to him and making up slips?
0: Well, it certainly is not made up. We have seen this in live television unless they've been using AI for the last you know several years in, and <laughs> into a presidential campaign. So I also I used to think that you did a really good Trump impression, but then after seeing that Lincoln um, project video, <laughs> you actually don't slur enough. So That's you're gonna true. have to up your game there, John. I mean, here's the problem I have with the video. Is it funny? Yes, but I don't like making fun of old people. My Mm -hmm. dad is 85. I don't like making jokes about dementia. I don't think it's kind. And frankly, that's not Trump's problem. He's just an idiot. Do I like making fun of idiots? Not if they're like, you know, on a lower scale of IQ, but supposedly he's a genius. So we're welcome to make fun of him. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a total moron. And that is very indicative of why he shouldn't be president because he cannot, just like Joe Biden, I don't like it either. They're not the ones to be up there. He can't mm-hmm. even say anonymous. He can't say words. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't anonymous. know where he is, not because he has dementia, but because he doesn't care. When he's yeah. at paradise at the site of this you know, houses, people's livelihoods burned to the ground and he doesn't care enough to know the name of the town. Yeah. This isn't dementia. This is a total disregard for the people that he supposedly wants to represent. That is the issue here. So Lincoln Project, was it funny? Uh, I don't like to make fun of old people. And I don't like to say "Oh, dementia runs in the family. It is a horrible disease. A lot of people suffer from that and families suffer. It is so disheartening to lose your family member when they're right in front of you. So I think it's a little poor taste and we got to take the Michelle Obama road, right? We got to take it higher. We can't go as low as they are. And so that's the issue that I have with it. But can we make fun of Trump? Yes, we can, because he gives us all of the information that we can use against him, all of the tools, all of the jokes. And but we don't need to make, you know, um jokes about dementia and about old age and feebleness and all of that. And I know that they're trying to counteract what's been said to Joe Biden, but.
2: So you don't think that, so some people would say that he is opening himself up to these attacks because he and his movement are doing that nonstop against Joe Biden. So you don't buy that as an excuse. Well,
0: I don't believe that we should bully a bully. I don't, I don't believe in bullying people and I don't think we need to. Mm. I think we can say, hey, you actually messed up because you don't care enough to do your homework. I remember yeah. when he first got into office, and you know, other family family members. of have family that you know works, um, you know, in D.C., and they were like, "He's not going to want to do this job. It is a lot of work. It's every day reading briefings. He's not doing any of it, John. That is why he's stumbling. He just goes up there, says his racist rhetoric, and it gets people fired up enough to vote for him. But he yeah. doesn't care. So, well, you know, I fair. think the Lincoln Park Lincoln Project can maybe tweak this a <laughs> little bit." And you know, not attack families that are suffering from their loved ones with dementia.
2: I, I don't expect that they're going to do that. I would say <laughs> that uh, they have claimed many things, but I don't think they've ever claimed that they're going to take the high road. <laughs> like, I don't think that's in their mission statement. <laughs> and again, it takes a lot for me to be like, ouch, that's pretty yeah. rough. But um, but let's 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 turn to another aspect of this. Uh, Donald Trump is claiming that he's now being attacked with deep fakes, making it seem as if he's slurring his words. Well, mm. here's like the full context for the clips that the Lincoln Project has been using.
4: The latest act of resistance is the op-ed published in the failing New York Times by an anonymous, really an anonymous, gutless coward. Join us in the noble. Quest for lasting peace. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Israel. God bless the Palestinians, and God bless the United States.
2: I, as a resident of the United States, um, (laughs) yeah. So that was rough. Hey, by the way, he said God (laughs) bless the Palestinians. So I'm actually shocked by that. But that's that's what it is. He was slurring, and look again. I don't think that that's a sign of dementia. I'm my guess would be based on how it sounds that that was like a denture thing, would be my guess. Mm. And I'm trying to be fair, I think, to him. That seems like a denture thing. I don't know
0: for sure, but that would be. I would say he was drunk, but he says he doesn't drink. So then you're just marble mouth. But if it was a marble mouth.
2: If it was that, I feel like that would be more generalized slurring. He's slurring on like very specific things and that's where it gets weird. But, but look, I I think that I think that he's lying. The Lincoln project thinks he's lying. They say, are you in such, in such mental decline? You can't tell the difference between reality and AI. You're losing it. We know it. Your people know it. And now you do too. At least you remember to name us this time. But (laughs) I have two, two points that I want to make about this, about why I want to talk about this. So first of all, it's a personal thing for Donald Trump. Um, that was an absolutely brutal ad and it clearly affected you, which is why you have to lie about it. Uh, don't tweet about it, you dummy, cuz then they <laughs> know they got you. How do you not see that? The only thing the Lincoln Project wants is for you to tweet about how it's yeah. unfair and to cry about it. Don't do it, you fool. Yeah. But more importantly, um, the reason th- this matters is so deep fakes getting involved in politics and being put in ads are bad. For for two reasons, they they hit you from both sides. So one is that people will use them, and there will be lies. So they'll have AOC saying that a ceasefire is when someone sees a fire that's made up, and that makes that that is dishonest. But also, it now means that if you do say something corrupt or illegal or slurred, you can say, hey, it's a deep fake, because people know the deep fakes are out there. So whether it's a deep fake or not deep fakes make politics a little bit less easy to trust. It gives people more outs from consequences for the things that they've actually done, which is why this is fun to laugh at Donald Trump for. But this is an incredibly serious thing going forward and I am worried about it. Any other thoughts? It,
0: it, it is scary, you're 100% right. And you know I know that this stuff is all real. It wasn't AI, but we are at risk for that. I know that they're starting to teach to children to identify fake news in schools, which is really important. And I hope that being able to identify AI is also going to be something that kids are taught. Because it's going to be imperative as we move forward and as our technology gets more advanced, you can't always believe everything you see. You have to go a little bit lower and do your research and, and find out where was that speech? Let me go find the original. Let me we got to check it out. So it is an important thing to address the fact that he came at at it saying it was AI and trying to discredit it. You know, I'm with you, John. He should have just not said anything.
2: Yeah, just don't don't say anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that said, I want to move to uh, another story, also having to do potentially consequences for Donald Trump, but coming from another Republican. Let's jump into this.
1: And I think the most important thing to do now, without question, is to make sure we stop Donald Trump. Um, what American politics looks like after that, what the Republican Party or a new Republican Party or a new conservative party looks like after that remains to be seen. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic bingeworthy drama, is back
2: So Liz Cheney now saying that we have crossed some sort of line, or at least the Republican Party has with their continued support for Donald Trump and the the threats, the stakes are so high that she might run a third party candidacy to stop Donald Trump. Now, whether that's the effect it would actually have, we're going to debate. But that's what she's saying. And this is following uh, last week when she said that uh, a vote for Trump may may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. And arguing that the nation is close to sleepwalking into dictatorship, which I've seen several people using that phrase right about now. She went on to say, several years ago, I would not have contemplated a third party run. I happen to think democracy is at risk at home, obviously, as a result of Donald Trump's continued grip on the Republican Party. And I think democracy Is at risk internationally as well. And she says that it's not just about Donald Trump or the way that he inspires foreign dictators, but that also he would have all these enablers like Mike Johnson and others who would play ball with him, uh, both in pursuing his policy goals, but also if he decided to do another coup or refuse to leave office. You know, there are fewer, there are going to be far fewer safeguards baked into his administration than there were the first time around. So she hasn't made her decision. She said she's going to do that over the next few months. I definitely have thought about thoughts about this, but Viviana, what do you think about a possible Liz Cheney third party run?
0: I, I applaud her. I applaud her for doing this in an environment where she is likely to be attacked, dragged. I like that she also said, like, hey, I'm not trying to, if it's gonna throw everything off, I'm not gonna do it. So which means she's not gonna have a chance because we all know that the DNC and the RNC are very, very strong. They did it to Bernie. They wiped him out. They didn't give him a chance to even get ahead. So that is probably gonna happen again. But I think this is really important that we are seeing someone as powerful and from a family as powerful as Liz Cheney stepping forward and really sounding the alarm to other, you know, fiscal conservatives that I'll call them instead of the MAGA conservatives that we need to hold on to democracy. We cannot get swept away with this rhetoric. We cannot get swept away even if you like all the racist things that he's saying. We got to hold on to democracy and I love that she's stepping forward to doing this. And it's really taking a, a page out of her her dad's handbook, you know, really just trying to kind of butt against, you know, what the where the majority is going in his party and do what's right. And I never thought I'd say that about a Cheney.
2: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does feel weird saying anything positive about Cheney. Look, I would say um, I don't know that she will end up doing this. She says that she would not do it if she thought that she would play a spoiler role that would increase his chance of getting elected. And I cannot say for sure what would happen, although I'm sure polling will be done. But I think that there's a very real chance that her running would actually make it more likely that he would win. The, the question comes down to if she were to run, who would vote for her? And if she didn't run, who would they instead vote for? So if you believe that her running means a bunch of Republicans would be like, I like her more than Trump. So I'm not gonna vote for Trump, I'm gonna vote for her. Then sure, that makes perfect sense from Liz Cheney's point of view. But it could also be that in the absence of Liz Cheney, those Republicans who find Trump to be appalling are going to vote for Biden. And if instead of voting for Biden, they vote for her, then that actually raises Donald Trump's chances in a race where some of these states might be determined by less than 10,000 votes. And I don't know exactly which of those makes more sense. My gut says that those reasonable Republicans are not gonna vote for Donald Trump. She's not gonna pull Republicans from Trump. She's just gonna pull maybe some people who wouldn't vote at all which that doesn't really have much of an effect on the election or people who vote for Biden. So I would be at least a little bit worried if she were to run. But again, I don't know for sure. Do you have any thoughts about that?
0: I think the fact that she said she doesn't want to be a spoiler means she's not going to run. It's just she will be, Probably, she won't yeah. have a chance. I think of the Republican Party, if they're going to vote for a woman, it's going to be Nikki Haley, it's not going to be her. She doesn't yeah. have the power behind her. She hasn't been getting, and and she's clo- Nikki Haley is close enough to Trump that they'd be like, well, She kind of likes a lot of the same, you know. Oh, sorry. Um, So, (laughs) I just think that it's going to come down to it. She realizes that she's not going to have the chance, and she's not going to just, you know, throw Ross Perot in there. She's not going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. So, we probably won't see her on the ticket.
2: And and also, and I'll 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 give this out to everyone to think about as we go into our next break. It's not just that she would potentially be a spoiler, but she would be interacting with other third-party candidates. And then that's all these different variables of who votes for who. Like, <laughs> how do you dice up the people who would not vote for Trump but they want RFK Jr. Or maybe it's Jill Stein or her. like that gets really complicated. And I don't think that there will ever be polling enough to really tease that out. So, what party be a lot would of she?
0: What party would she run under? She third, didn't
2: say. It'd be Liz Cheney for America. I'm assuming it, she'd create uh,
0: her own point. party. Probably yeah. that
2: would be my guess. And- Reform? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see. We're getting, we're about to launch into that. The Iowa caucus is not that far away, so everyone prepare yourself. Okay, with that said, we're gonna take our second break. we come back, the Texas GOP wanted to take a strong stand against Nazis. And then they went in a different direction, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, uh, strap yourselves in, we got more to talk about, let's jump into this. State leaders on both sides of the island, Texas, are now condemning a vote by the Texas State Republican Executive Committee. That's the board that governs the Texas Republican Party for their ridiculous own goal over condemning anti-Semitism, Nazis, and uh, Holocaust deniers. So what's basically going on is that this executive committee has been struggling and failed in dealing with language over a new resolution affirming the party's commitment to combating anti-Semitism. So the context for this nationally. Is that we are in this very brief window, thanks to the conflict between Hamas and Israel, where the Republican party needs to pretend that they have an issue with anti Semitism. As soon as that's not in the news anymore, they'll go right back to hanging out with Nick Fuentes and, and uh, loving Marjorie Green and all that. But for right now, they want to pretend that they don't like anti Semitism. So they were going to do this. uh, They have this anti Nazi language in this measure and uh, that got watered down before it was ultimately rejected entirely. But it had stated be it further resolved that the Republican Party of Texas have no association whatsoever with any individual or organization that is known to espouse anti-Semitism, pro-Nazi sympathies or Holocaust denial. That resolution ultimately passed unanimously Saturday, but only after the language on associating with neo-Nazis Holocaust deniers and anti-Semitism was removed. So look, that's a little bit confusing, but basically they had a strong version that got weakened. And then it passed, but only once the part that mattered was taken out. So they had this opportunity to tell the country or at least their state, we don't like, like Holocaust deniers, we don't like Nazis, we don't like any of that stuff. And they decided no. Uh, And in a separate move, by the way, which this is not getting as much reporting. And I find that to be crazy. Roughly half of the board tried to prevent a record of their vote from being kept. So they voted to get rid of that stuff. And then they tried to hide the fact that that's what they did. They didn't want to be on the record for having removed that stuff. So, look, they're going to present themselves as taking like a principled stand on like specific versus vague language, which we'll talk about. But then, why do you need to remove the record of your vote if you were being principled? So, we're going to get into that and some of their arguments for why they had to do this. But, but first of all, it would seem like this is a fairly easy thing to do, Viviana, but what do you think about it?
0: I mean, I think we're really getting into the rhetoric and that, you know, semantics of language. Obviously, we should all be against anyone who's denying the Holocaust, anyone who's pro-Nazi, any anti-Semitic language or feelings or sort of legislation that promotes that. And so it's important to get the words right. So I understand they're trying to be particular. But it does seem a little suspicious. And I didn't know that, John, that they wanted it in secret ballot. Let's all just hmm. just put it on a paper and don't say, who said what, You know, uh, and then it's Sorry. interesting to me, I mean, it's also very indicative that these are the same people that will vote to increase the United States military contributions towards Israel's fight against Hamas and mm-hmm. the Palestinian people. So they're pro-Nazi, but also pro-Israel, which to me just underscores that it has nothing to do with religion. It's not anything to do with religion. Mm-hmm. It has to do I mean Nazis they don't make any sense. They're just walking hypocrites and contradictions. So it doesn't we can't really make any sense of what they're trying to do. I don't know why these legislators would want to protect that language so like close to their heart. It's very concerning to me what they're trying to hold on, what they're trying to allow people to do if, if somebody comes in and they're actively denying that the Holocaust happened. We yeah. don't want any part of that. That's that's easy. Why is that being contested? It's confusing to I don't me. So remember. we're in a weird place right now where people don't really know how to like support free speech, but yet we don't want to put it in paper and we don't want to put our hand up and say that we do. So it's a lot of cowardice, cowardly yeah. behavior actually.
2: 100% cowardice. And even if you accept their arguments, which I'm going to briefly read for you, uh, it just requires a little bit more thought and attention. So they say, um, you cannot really define tolerate and it could really cause a lot of people, especially our leaders, a lot of trouble down the road with it, which makes their leaders sound bad, but they say it's a slippery slope. Then they go on to say, who decides what anti-Semitism is? Who decides what association is? Who decides what is is? I added that when it's a Clinton reference. But anyway, who decides when it crosses a <laughs> line, where we give up our association with these people? So look, that is not 100% wrong in that, yeah, associate, I guess could mean different things. And look, there's a lot of behavior and language and stereotypes and attacks and smears and memes and tropes that I think it's very easy to be like, that's anti-Semitic. But they're not wrong that I guess some people try to lump other stuff in there that I think it's very arguable, I suppose. And what does associate mean? Okay, I guess then just put out a statement strongly condemning these things. Like You did nothing in the end, rather yeah. than do a little bit more thought and a little bit more work, And then send a strong signal against anti-Semitism. And and that's why it makes me feel like this is not fundamentally about language. This is about not turning off people that they know support them. I'm not saying that every one of these Republicans supports Nazis. But every one of these Republicans knows that Nazis support them. And look, we we've covered. I'm not going to relitigate everything. Their statements, their associations, the the people they go on podcasts with, the the conferences they go to, you know, their their militias that they provide cover for. The 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 Jews will not replace us, good people on both sides. Like, come on, do we really need to go back over a history of multiple years of this? The 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 fact that they can barely even pretend to care when synagogues get firebombed and shot up. Like, no, they're against anti-Semitism right now when it comes to Hamas, and that's pretty much it it ain't that difficult to be consistent about it anyway
0: yeah you got it John that I'm getting a lot of criticism. it can't email. be said better than that it's upsetting it's upsetting because it should yeah. be that simple like you just said
2: you would hope especially considering mistakes Okay, we're gonna get into one more story to close out uh, this first hour. So whenever we're ready, why don't we jump into this?
3: They say that this settlement in no way captures the scope of what Oxycontin has done and that company has done in terms of fraud and harm. We've got 7 million people with opioid use disorder. there have actually been over a million deaths since Oxycontin came out in 1996. And Purdue has already twice admitting to uh, to felony misbranding Mm -hmm. in 2007 Mm -hmm. and again in 2020.
2: The person you heard speaking is Beth Macy, author of Dope Sick, which has been adapted into a show, I believe, on Hulu. And right there, she is discussing the families that are, even as we're recording this right now, Uh, trying to fight against a proposed settlement with the Sackler family who oversaw oversaw Purdue Pharma and Oxycontin. As for years and years and years, it was rampaging across America, causing so much harm and racking up uh, an apocalyptic uh, death uh, toll. And so right now we have to see what's gonna end up happening with this because the Supreme Court is looking into it. And according to reports that are coming out today, they seem kind of split and not even along typical ideological grounds about whether they're gonna allow this to continue. As of right now, the company has agreed to settle lawsuits for $10 billion, with the Sackler family contributing $4 billion of those dollars. But in exchange for doing that, the Sacklers would be shielded From future lawsuits. And a lot of the families are not happy with this. Um, And the issue at hand with the case that the Supreme Court is currently looking into, uh, Harrington versus Purdue Pharma, is whether it's legal to give a third party, so in this case, the Sackler family as a whole, legal immunity in a bankruptcy case, even though they have not declared bankruptcy. Purdue Pharma declared bankruptcy, but not the family, so why is the family getting permanent protections from lawsuits? That's what people are challenging. But there are high stakes all around because some are worried that after years of negotiating to finally get this money, these billions of dollars, if that is thrown into chaos, then it might be years or possibly never that more money would be able to be achieved. And there is a good amount of money, but bear in mind, it's not going a lot of it is not going to the actual families of the victims. They're gonna be getting somewhere between like $3,500 to $48,000. Which when we're talking about people's lives is not that much money. So there's a lot of frustration there. Let me give you just a little bit more of what Beth Macy had to say about why some of the victims families are fighting against this proposal.
3: I like to think of the families I've been following for a decade now. They've been texting me all morning. They were out in front of the court mm-hmm. at dark at 5am holding signs that, said, that say things like, my dead son does not release the sack. Yeah. They believe that yeah. no amount of money is worth immunity and wealth for the architects of the opioid crisis.
2: Yeah, I I find it impossible to even put myself into the position of someone who lost a family member from this. Like, I can't I can't say how they should feel about this, but um, I I can understand why for some of them it is difficult to accept that you know there's going to be no actual criminal consequences. Like, apparently, eh, nothing really that bad was done that can't be fixed by a little bit of money. I'm sure that's very difficult for a lot of people. But Viviana, what do you think?
0: Well, like a lot of these types of cases, it's not necessarily about the money, it's about accountability. I mean, they're drug dealers. That family is a disgusting drug dealing family. They're like medical traficantes. Like They hurt this country, they have hurt generations of families. Do you just get off scot-free and you pay the fine and you move on? These people want them in jail. They want their lives affected like their the families that these Sacklers have affected. They want the Sacklers affected the same way. They want the impact And when you have enough money in this country and you have enough lawyers, then you do get off scot-free. And that is really sad. That is what's happening. And you know, these people are suffering. No amount of money is going to take that suffering away. Even the sacklers being in prison is not going to take that suffering away. But maybe they'll feel like there's accountability. And we know now, we a lot of us knew then in the 90s that they were peddling these horrible drugs. I know my mom was like, never take that, never take that. You know, there were people aware of how dangerous it was, but it was like just falling from the sky. The doctors were just throwing these pills out to anybody. Yeah. And we need to really look at that. I mean, that's that's the extreme capitalism that we have you know, experienced in this country now, that it doesn't matter unless you're, if you're making money, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so that's still the case. And we really just I, I just, I think we do need accountability for these families. We do need for at least them to be told it wasn't your child's fault, your father's fault, whatever it is. They were, sold a bill of goods and and they suffered the consequences and you know we need accountability from these people and it's not just to write a check i mean 4 billion yeah. I, I can't even fathom writing that kind of check it's probably nothing to them
2: yeah and it, it just seems so fundamentally weird it's like one of these like you pointed out you know if you're rich and powerful then you can avoid consequences definitely but you also have this thing where and it th- these, this never happens if you're poor or even middle class it only happens if you're rich where you can commit a crime that generates X amount of money, and then your fine is a portion of that. What are you talking about? Why are you getting to keep a single dollar from any of that? Like, if I were to rob a bank and get $100 million, and oh, they want $40 million back, well, it was barely even worth it to rob the bank at that point. They'd never do that for us. It's only for the wealthiest yeah. among us that get to do that. And, you know, look, I can't necessarily attest to every one of the depictions in Dope Sick. I did watch the show. It was very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it certainly seems like this was not a thing that they stumbled into. Um, and the the way that they were pushing doctors to prescribe more and more of this, the way they were trying to jack up the doses and all that. like There's, there's a lot of issues with this that certainly seem like more than a percentage of your profits uh, should be on the line as a result of it. Um, Any super quick final point?
0: They're guilty.
2: It sure, certainly feels like it. Um, yeah, I like there. There is a case to be made that there are a few people in America who have been the the like the genesis of more suffering yeah. than the sacklers. They knew what they
0: were doing, so John. They yeah. knew what they mm-hmm. were doing. They knew. Well, unfortunately,
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> We're, we're going to see where the Supreme Court's going to come down on this. And and there, there are upsides and downsides to both ways. So we'll have to see. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for the first hour of the show. Thank you, everybody who is watching, those of you listening on the podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. But feel free to rate us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts if you have the time. Uh, there's more to come in the aftermath, though, so don't go anywhere. Viviana and I will be right back.